Raj, Kev and Fionn Carr picked their Lions starting 15. How many Irish players will be on the plane to New Zealand? And we get a view from Wales and what Warren Gatlin's thinking. It's all coming up on The Hard Yards. The Hard Yards, brought to you by Ladbrokes, passionate about sport. With fantastic support, half of Ireland were here. The rest of them are hopefully smiling at home. We had a bet earlier in the year, 20 euros, that if we won it, I wouldn't cry, but it's uh, the best 20 quid I'll ever spend. Here's Eastlip. Well, he picks it up quickly and off he goes. Drops it off to Hinshaw! Robbie Hinshaw scores it! Rugby history! Ireland beat the All Blacks for the first time! Hello and welcome to episode 11 of The Hard Yards, the Sports Show Rugby podcast. Welcome to Kevin McLaughlin. Hey Andy. I have Young Carr with me today. Hi Andy, how are you? I have Raj on the line from Paris. Hello Raj. I'm from Perpignan. From Andy. Perpignan. Sorry, that's a bit of geographical yeah. education for me this morning, Grand. And uh, I have Pat McCarry here beside me. Hey everybody. Uh, later on we'll get the Welsh perspective with Rugby World's Paul Williams and get the latest Lions odds from Haley O'Connor of Ladbrokes. If you're listening to the podcast for the first time, subscribe to it on iTunes, Podcast Republic, Stitcher and every good podcast app to get it straight to your phone. We won't mess around this morning. Uh, Warren Gatlin named his Lions squad on Wednesday, April 19th. So we're going to try and come up with a Lions starting team and squad. This won't be easy, but let's start in the front row. Um, lads, you've all sent in a team and we had a look. All of you have gone for Jack McGrath in the front row. Uh, Fionn? Yeah, I went for Jack. I think he's a fantastic Six Nations and I think it's a no-brainer for me to have Jack starting there with the form he's in at the moment. We'll move on. Jack McGrath penciled in. We all nod our heads. Yeah. We all nod our heads. He's in. Uh, now, Hooker's the interesting one. Uh, Kev, Jamie George. Yeah, I went for the large and wonderful Jamie George in that position. Uh, I think he had a great Six Nations. He's the forum hooker, and everyone likes to have a chubby man in the front row. Um, yeah, I think like it's hard on Rory Best. I think I'd have him on the bench, and obviously he's got leadership. He's playing fantastic stuff, but... Jamie George just brings something different and I'm going to keep hammering home on, on this that like the Lions need something different to beat the All Blacks uh, they don't need what would maybe be a good enough team to beat South Africa or beat Australia this needs to be different you need electric players you need players the All Blacks necessarily aren't used to playing against and uh, I'm a big believer that they're going to need to mix it up to, to win this series So if this happens right, and Jamie George is named to start the first test he'll be starting for the Lions before he starts for England uh, correct. Yeah, that, that I don't think too many people will be crying about Dylan Hartley being taken. I, I'm not like to be perfectly honest. I'm not sure Dylan Hartley should even go on the plane. No, uh, yeah, not in my squad anyway. No, like if, if he doesn't start, why do you bring him? Like you know, is he worth the hassle? Like and is he, has he had that great of a Six Nations as well? Like he played on average, I'd say about 51 minutes of each Test match, which is very unusual for a captain to be dragged off on 48, 49, 50 minutes every Test match, which is puts a question mark over his leadership skills um, because I know from from playing that like there are certain players that you want on the pitch when, when the heat goes up and obviously Jamie George is able, able to manage those really high pressure moments his darts are phenomenal um, for, for a chubby man he moves fast and uh, gets around the park he's a serious engine I just think they need to mix it up and try something different Rod you, um, you, you penciled in Rory Best uh, as did Fionn why did you go for the uh, for the Ulsterman? I kind of I think you'll see from my team I've put a big emphasis on combinations as Kevin says I think um, they'll be tested mentally more so than in any other test match it's not as if they're going to South Africa or Australia they're going to New Zealand so it's the most difficult place in world rugby to achieve something 
for me, I don't know too much about the front row, and it's important I state that. But I kind of think when they hit that dark place, I feel like McGrath, Best, and uh, Furlong as a trio, I think the capacity to escape mentally would be far less as if it's an English, a Scottish, or a Welshman together. I just think that that's something that's probably only appreciated when you're when you know exactly what that level is. At test rugby and for me I think the three of them together I think their capacity to bring the best out of each other would be superior to another combination um, I think Jamie George is a, an interesting player I, I'd i have no problem I think for me he's the the impact him or Sean Cronin um, I'd probably I just think that Sean Cronin offers something off the bench that no one else in world rugby does um, and his capacity just to come up with an X-Factor moment is huge but starting off I've gone for the, the the three Irish lads for their capacity to perform um, a role together OK so in Rogers, in Rogers' team it's for a long to form an all Irish Lions front row Kev you agree with that Fionn you went for Dan Cole yeah, I agree with what the lads are saying there with the, the full Irish front row and I had a Dan Cole down with Tyg Furlong but I went with Dan Cole in the end just to just to mix it up I think he, he's had a good Six Nations England have a, a seriously strong scrum and saying that though uh, going down to New Zealand I don't know whether the scrum like New Zealand scrum will be solid but they'll get the ball in and out so quick so I agree with Kev going with a dynamic player and I, I might have changed my mind now there and gone with Furlong in the end all right, we couldn't we <laughs> could have talked him into it right there. Okay, I didn't take too much. Don't buckle at the first line. Nah, I'm not, I'm exactly. not buckling. I just think Furlong's so dynamic compared to Dan Cole. Um, and I was having a conversation with Kev earlier, and I think he is correct. Uh, New Zealand are going to get the ball straight in and out, and they're going to try and attack in a different channel. So we're listening to the man who played closest to the front row, yeah? Yeah, okay. I think so. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm like Rog there. I. I I don't pretend to know anything about the front there's row. There's a large Scottish man, William Nell, who has to be sniffing around there as well. One of the most dynamic players, front row players, I've ever had the pleasure or displeasure of playing against. I remember he scored uh, for Edinburgh from 40 metres against us. Yeah. He skinned one of our back rowers, who I won't name today, <laughs> whose uh, first name is no, Shane. No, no, we need to know that. Whose first name is Shane, Shane. and his second name begins with a J. But uh, <laughs> he was... Uh, <laughs> He's a lightning player. He's quick feet. He, he, he's he won't hold that against you anyway. That's for certain. <laughs> no, 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 no. He he certainly won't. He doesn't hold a grudge. He'll research this. Um, but uh, yeah, he's absolutely electric. The now the now question we might come back to because he's a Scottish player and there mightn't be many on the plane. So we'll come back to that one. Um, yeah. Keep going through the team here now. In, in the in second row land, um, there seems to be broad uh, agreement on Itoji and Alan Wynne Jones with. I suppose potential for a Laws or Launchbury sneaking in um, but I suppose Kev you're closest to this area uh, tell us why Alan Wynne Jones and Toji Alan Wynne is out for me he's um, not in he's not in he's not starting I have uh, Launchbury and Toji starting uh, again dynamism um, uh, the type of players that can go to New Zealand uh, get the pace up live with the pace um, get on the ball be dynamic and play the type of game that's going to be needed to play to, to win down there uh, Wynne Jones is an absolute warrior uh, he gets through an awful lot of work he's a serious engine on him he does unbelievable whining to the referee which has um, Alan Wine Jones which has very different types of effects I'm not saying it's always positive but um, 
I, I don't know. I, I think I know I'm sacrificing experience here by say not starting with best and not starting with Win Jones, but I just think going with stat, status quo for this tour isn't going to work. And I'm picking a team I think can do a job. Gats is going to pick Win Jones, there's absolutely no doubt about it, but I don't think he should be starting. Um, I wouldn't even have him on the bench. Um, I'd start with those two guys, neither of them are particularly experienced from a line out perspective. So I'd have Big High Tower Dev on the bench to come in and dominate the line out if he needs to. Um, as the best line-out player in the, competi- in, in the Six Nations uh, competition. But, uh, yeah, it's, um, again, it, it's a bit different, but it's what I have decided would be able to go to New Zealand and actually do a job. I, I went um, George Cruz, and then I got worried that I looked at everybody else's teams and he wasn't it wasn't anybody else's starting teams, but I, I think he'd be pretty good. And um, But, yeah, Toje's the kind of safe bet. He seems like he's definitely going to start. But, uh, yeah, I think Launchbury or Cruz for me, like just, again, keeping those kind of combinations and lads that are used to each other, um, yeah, I'd be happy with that. Like, uh, hopefully, you know, Cruz, he's missed the Six Nations and there's, there's lads that have kind of injuries kind of came at the wrong time for him. But I think that'd be a, a good combination. I'd be happy with that. But Win Jones, yeah, like, I, I, you know, he, he's, he's got to be he's got to be there or thereabouts. The, um, Raj, stander across the board at six. Uh, is there any argument yeah, for not starting him there? Coming in on the second row, I think yeah. for me, he told you on his way to being the best player in the world. I think it's a massive area of strength to lie in the second row. I think... I kind of played a lot with Alwyn Jones and all he brings so for me that's a, a huge area of strength for the Lions I think um, you know I mean there's no point thinking about safe bets here in terms of picking your team it's all Joe is, is a complete freak and I think he's an exceptional rugby player already and he will even get better and I think him and Alwyn Jones uh, for me I, I think that's the the, um, the driving force of the Lions those two players there together I think do you see Zatoji as a, a lock or a six long term? Um, I don't know and I don't think it's really important what I see him as as an exceptional rugby player who has massive moments in every game. His capacity to turn over the ball when teams are going through purple patches is incredible and his uh, athletic capacity is blows everyone else out of the water at the minute. Okay. Um, on to the wonderful world of CJ CJ who's been carrying all before him during the Six Nations and this is carried through to, to your teams all three of you have him there uh, Raj from the Munster perspective uh, this, this is a nice thing to have Yeah but that doesn't come into it one bit I think if you look at it I suppose if for selectors if you don't have CJ Stander in your team then your logic for selection on uh, selecting on form goes out the window so he's fronted up in every single club game and international this season so I suppose in terms of trying to get the most out of your players he has to start if he doesn't perform then you have a decision to make do you give him another go or do you put someone else in but I think on constant form he starts at six uh, does Peter O'Malley go on the bench to um, to cover him or does he make the plane that's a decision for me I think um uh, I just went with um, CJ, Billy Vinopola and Sean O'Brien because um, I just think um, you have three animals in the back row. Um, seven's an interesting one. Uh, we got Tipperick and Sean O'Brien both mentioned here. Uh, Fionn? I couldn't make a decision. Um, I think Sean O'Brien is 
he's an animal and I think he'd be a great addition with Stander and Vinopolo like you three serious ball carriers there three guys that could do damage to New Zealand and then you got someone a true into Purek because he's just a turnover he can get some key turnovers for the Lions with the other two in the back row Standard and Vinopolo for me I think if you have either him or Sean one on the bench one starting uh, you're going to go far I was thinking for me it's there's a massive skill in picking your impact subs and for me to pure it falls into that that category without a doubt I'd have him on the pitch for 30 minutes against the All Blacks I just think for me his physical capacities and his game are suited better after 50 minutes when the game is broken up yeah, so that's point. why I wouldn't have him a starting seven you know I just think he, he offers so much but when the defence is fatiguing a bit I think that's when he comes into his own and when you're trying to play um, you know a wide wide game the first 30 minutes are going to be hugely attritional I think um, he's better off making his mark on the game from minute 50 to 80 yeah, that's a good point but like the, the time say Ireland have beaten the All Blacks and come very close to beating the All Blacks the first 30 minutes being absolutely critical and kind of tempo up scoring points scoring tries and getting a lead um, and holding on to that lead and I think having Depurik on the pitch for that first half is important in my opinion he's the best link player um, that the Lions have to pick from at the moment and just creating that link between the backs and the forwards and getting that tempo up um, I think he's going to be really important to it uh, but it's, it's a very close call between him and Shawnee No you're right there's counter arguments for everything that's the beauty of it you yeah, know what I mean yeah. I don't think anyone can kind of say well no I don't disagree with you there because if anyone watches Chapurik with a bit of consistency the stuff he can do is incredible yeah yeah. the Warburton thing is interesting it's like he's almost seems to be captain in waiting and he, he'd be a guy like I was probably impressed with him in the game you know at the Millennium Stadium there Ireland-Wales game and he's just he stepped up in the past as well I would have him as, as, as my open side you know in the team as well Like and but it seems to be like he's he's a guy that's not actually mentioned that much like you know it's yeah. he's, he could be one of these guys who's captain and, and actually doesn't make the squad yeah, he's not mentioned because everyone's assuming he's on the team and I think Gath probably will pick him but I think it's the wrong decision I don't think he's dynamic enough I think he'll get you a couple of turnovers but two or three turnovers against New Zealand doesn't add enough value we need a seven who's going to carry, who's going to be dynamic, who's going to make smart decisions. Someone like Tupuric or O'Brien, someone who can actually turn a game. And I just like okay, Warburton did a great job against Australia. He doesn't have what it takes against New Zealand, in my opinion. Could he not do like the the dirty work? So like a freeze, like Vunapola and and Standard are going to be the guys who carry. So you need someone like a like a Lydia in the past or a Warburton just to kind of just pitch himself in there and just kind of do do the dog work. Yeah, and I think that's what Gatlin will pick him for. But like Tupuric, O'Brien do the dirty work as well. There's a mountain of other work, and I just think they have more elements to their game. So, disagreements here, but good arguments about the merits of what you want to do. I think that's the important thing. What do you want from your open side? Uh, but agreement across the board. Billy Vinopola, if this guy's fit, he plays at eight. So, we actually won't even go into that. Emphatic head nods. Emphatic head nods here. Um, now, there's an interesting... Rog talked about combinations earlier on. And we have agreement on Conor Murray, Jonathan Sexton, and Robbie Hedshaw at 12 from all of you. Now, the, I want to know... Why? Is it a combination thing? Is it an individual talent thing? Um, Fionn? Uh, I think it's a combination thing again. Uh, I think Murray, Johnny's got through uh, a good few minutes in the Six Nations. He's had a really strong uh, competition. And Murray has been absolutely fantastic. And so so is Robbie. I think keeping the three of them together could be key, uh, definitely for the tests. 
just with the, with the way they play together they're really strong uh, Robbie like he's so dynamic he's so athletic he's fantastic in the air I think you can move him across you can play him 12 or 13 but I think with 12 with Saxon there at the moment he brings that physicality that I don't think people are talking about maybe Farrell at 12 and I think Robbie will just bring that physicality against New Zealand they've got to have big centres dynamic centres and I think we need to match them there um, Rog um, I found myself disagreeing with the panel on this one I would play Farrell at 12 because I love the second playmaker um, I'd love to get your opinion on whether you think Faz has a shout at 12 I think without a doubt, yeah, for me, he's been um, one of the standout performers in Europe for the last 24 months. I think he's an incredible player. For me, it came down to selecting. I view him as a 10. And for me, if it's Webb and if it's Farrell, I don't think the Lions are weakened. I think it's an area of strength. I think those four halfbacks, Murray Sexton, Webb, Farrell, are... Uh, are, it's a really interesting debate because um, all of them have their strengths um, will they be able to leave far out of a test team at the minute it's really really difficult I don't fancy the idea of starting the test game with um, with two tens and one playing as a 12 I know he does it for for England but for me he's a far better player when you watch him for Saracens admittedly it's a level a few levels below a test rugby but I think you see the best of, of Farrell when he's at a 10 I think he has the capacity to to dominate a game between himself and Johnny I think that number 10 shot would be a right tussle um, will they move him to 12 I'm not too sure I don't think um, there is a standout um, centre I think um, for me Tuolagi is a big big loss um, because I think he had the capacity to play both games in terms of um, his Samoan background I think he's a stepper he can pass he's a loss in my opinion um, but I just kind of went for Connor, Johnny and uh, Robbie Henshaw together because of um, essentially when mentally they're going to get tested they're just going to have to find something together to to challenge the All Blacks because they're people underappreciate how difficult it is for um, for the Lions team to do damage in big games yeah, I couldn't agree with you more, Raj. Like it's it, it's going to be unbelievably tight between Johnny and uh, Owen, but I just think that uh, Johnny is a type of ten that doesn't need a playmaking twelve outside him. Certain tens do. George yes. George Ford, for instance, uh, revels when Farrell's there because he takes a lot of the heat off him. But Johnny and Henshaw, the way they play together, um, they're used to reading each other at this point, and Henshaw just adds a different element. And, and like Fionn said, the level of physicality he brings to games. And then uh, Murray and Johnny, the way they link with each other. But like like Rog said, if if Webb and Farrell were to come into a test game as well, it doesn't really weaken the team, which is a great position to be in. I like I like that kind of Farrell Henshaw midfield. You know, like I kind of like I think that's that, like it looks good on paper. It should they should should like they should link up well together as well. But um, I suppose if you're to go Henshaw twelve, maybe you bring Davies in then as as, as your thirteen or well, something like well, that. Well, that's that's the next thing. Who do you play at thirteen in that environment? So, uh, Raj has Jonathan Davies. The two lads here have Jonathan Joseph. Uh, Kev Joseph is that just like obviously he's electric. He can get over the line. What do you see over someone like a Davies or even a guy Ringrose? 
Yeah, I don't see a huge amount. I, again, I think it's a close call. I just think Joseph is probably the best 13. Um, a lot of it's going to come down to combinations again. And if, if Farrell plays a 12, which he could do, it'll definitely be Farrell and Joseph together, I'd imagine. Um, if Henshaw plays a 12, it's going to be like whoever Gatlin thinks is the best combination. But I would guess that Gatlin probably will go with Davies. But I think, uh, for me, Joseph just gets a nod based on his form. Just for me, he's just so athletic. Uh, he's so quick, so powerful. He's got a fantastic step and uh, handoff. I think he's going to bring something different there. I think Davies, again, it, it could be Davies as well. I think it's going to be between those two. Um, again, like the lad said, it will depend on combinations and how they go uh, early on. But uh, for me, it's just going to going to be Joseph. I think he's going to bring that just a little bit more electric uh, stuff to the to the Lions team. And I think he. he he'll get over the line there and he'll score a few tries for them now there's a fascinating debate here and in an area in which uh, Mr Carr you have some expertise uh, Jack Noel Elliot Daly Liam Williams three different choices it's the only area on the team where all three of you have gone for something different here left wing get it, tell, tell us who you went for and why I went with um, Elliot Daly uh, again he, he's I think he's he's an all-rounder for me so he like whatever New Zealand throw on I think he can handle um, he, he's fantastic under the high ball he's so, so quick and I, I just think with his form with England at the moment and with Wasps I think he has to start for me whether it's left or right wing you know he's left footed so that's why I went with the left wing and I just think he, he's gonna he's gonna be a starter for me there. He can also cover 13 as well which is another reason I definitely have him on, on the plane and as one of my starters Raj, Liam Williams, there's a man who's uh, who's brought up to the All Blacks before. Yeah, I really like him. I kind of, it's it's probably interesting in the fact when you have a perception of the, of, the play, of the players you played against and then when you study them from a coaching point of view, your perception changes greatly. Jonathan Davis would fall into that category. Liam Williams, for me, has been um, really, really consistent for a number of years and I think that's why I put him in there I think he on previous tours to New Zealand with Wales he's been exceptional I think he's tried on a big occasion and it's brought the best out of him I think his error rate is very low his capacity to beat the first defender every time just um, I found that he was a uh, contesting wide area rocks he was very physical very effective in that in that area so I think that's what they're going to need to be doing because the All Blacks will put serious heat on in the wide rocks in terms of looking to turn over the ball and I think for him he plays that game quite naturally so I felt that on his consistency over three or four years he deserved to, to get a crack at the first test um, I just think Elliot Daly is unproven in terms of these guys it's a different I don't know is he in between the 10 and 20 cap stage that's not what you needed for me going into the first test. I think you need proven, proven form uh, performers um, at this level. Elliot Daly will have a dip. Is it New Zealand the place where he'll have the dip? I don't know. I don't think he'll get on the plane. That's interesting. Um, Jack Noel. Yeah, I have him in there. Uh, to be honest, left wing was the one I really struggled with. Uh, played around with a lot of different <laughs> options here. <laughs> there was there's no obvious option, which is really interesting. Like I like the idea of getting the scaffolder in there. Like Raj, he has that kind of different element of physicality. Uh, just brings a bit of an X factor. But so does Noel. Uh, so I went with him. Um, you just don't know what you're going to get from him. And uh, he's an electric player, and he adds something different. And uh, I went with him, but it was a very close. Oh, yeah. one. 
I had too many paddies on the team. If I had my way, I'd have all your Debo on it. Yeah, it's <laughs> a pity you're not like picking the team, Rog. That's, that's the issue with all this. You could give 50 players and you'd be happy with it, you know? I think that's, that's the beauty of it. I don't think uh, this time around there are as many uh, standout players guaranteed to play. You can make a debate as we've seen over the last 40 minutes about who you want in your team with I think pretty convincing arguments on both fronts so um, that's why it's I suppose hugely interesting Seems to be broad agreement over the last two slots George North Stuart Hogg on form I think both agreed there we'd all agree they're the men you have to have in this team Stuart Hogg is definitely in form is there a question around George North though I mean he had those two against Ireland he had the long try against Italy Mm. but this is not the George North of a few years back. Yeah, he, he, well, his, he was he was openly questioned, and it was interesting to kind of see um, Howley kind of talking about him as North was a guy who needed to step up and perform, and like maybe some guys actually need to be questioned like that to motivate them because it was a strange thing for his form to be questioned in the Six Nations. But then it's it's like there's not that many big stages to prove yourself on, and he absolutely tore Ireland apart, and and that was a big that was a big moment for him to kind of prove when the pressure was on that he could do it and. Um, just f- you know, from from past experience, and he's a guy who's done it before. He's a guy who'd probably I would I was going to say he would frighten New Zealand. I don't think anybody would frighten them, but he's a guy who could cause them trouble. So um, yeah, I definitely have him in there. North versus Sevilla, nice matchup. Um, I just think like he has the ability to score from forty meters. He did it in Australia. Uh, he's done it at the international stage for the last five or six years. Uh, he's a big game player. I'd have him in there. I, I I agree with the guys. I think you know he, he brings massive physicality on that wing uh, as a ball carrier. I don't think he does. He breaks tackles, and, and that's what the Lions need. They need something different. And I think as much as we say Jack Knowles and maybe Earls and Zebo, I think they're fantastic players and will push for these positions. But I think for me, George North will break those tackles and will we'll get that gain line that the Lions need in the go-forward ball and uh, I just think he has the capability of scoring from nothing as well which is also a fantastic trait mm. OK It's interesting we're not talking about Halfpenny at all here No, we're he, not He is a strong contender to start to start with Gatlin picking the team just to say I I don't see it I, I, it's You don't see it but I'm telling you Gatlin's thinking there's about gonna it There's going to be some surprises I think yeah there's going to be surprises Yeah well, no, the He's c- Gatlin's boy like he is. I'd almost. I, I'd almost with if you've got a Sexton or a Farrell playing and taking the kicking responsibility. I would almost see Gats picking Liam Williams at fifteen if he's gonna go Welsh. Well, yeah, I think it's, it's interesting what Kevin says. I think you you know um, obviously this day week because if 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 Halfpenny's on the plane, I think he's on the testing to kick. Yeah, no, <laughs> I, I, I I can see that. I think that's. I don't. I don't see him being picked. I think. I just think he's underperforming in Toulon, and I think um, with the quality of, of goal kickers that there are now, we haven't even mentioned Greg Laidlaw as a backup line in terms of kicking as well, because they they will. You, the composition of this team, they'll always have three uh, proven test goal kickers on their in their squad. They just have to do that, you know. Um, <coughs> the way they break it down so it'll be interesting to see who gets that third goal kicking flat We'll move on to the Irish Travellers so who is on the plane I'm going to list out who I consider the, the definites Murray, Sexton Furlong McGrath Stander Henshaw O'Brien is Rory best in that group? Is he definitely travelling? Not definitely I wouldn't say definitely like you wouldn't say he's a banker to go like you know you'd be shocked you'd be shocked if he didn't go but 
um, oh no, you'd be yeah, you'd be shocked if he didn't go. But like, um, yeah, um, I wouldn't say I wouldn't say he's a definite. I think he's on the plane. Yeah. I, I'd agree he's on the plane. I think yeah. he's. Okay. Oops. <laughs> the, the, the journalist is outvoted. Now, the, the maybes. Ian Henderson. That's an interesting case because, like a toji, he can play lock and back row, but you've already got a toji. Do you have room to bring Ian Henderson? Yeah, that's the only thing that's working against him is coaches like bringing one lock stroke six. Um, the only thing I'd say is the quality of both of those guys uh, makes a strong argument for inclusion of both of them. And it's not like he's a lock who can do a job at six. He's a lock yeah, who's exactly. unbelievable at six as well and potentially even better. And the same with Atoje. Like, they're just great players to have. They're impact players. They're both good in an open game, which a lot of the games in New Zealand are going to be. Uh, I'd, br- I'd bring them both. I think uh, I think Henderson definitely is a type, the calibre player that's going to be needed uh, to, to win the Test Series down there. So... I think he should be brought, but the only thing could work about against him is the Atoje uh, factor. Okay, so if you're bringing Heathcliff, sorry, Henderson, do you also have room for Devon Toner? Yeah, I bring Dev because uh, he's the best lineout player in the Six Nations in, in Europe at the moment, um, and quality of possession and playing off the lineout is going to be critical. Uh, but it's it's an extremely competitive uh, area. And how do you how do you how do you qualify that, Dev? What's your in terms of what statistical analysis is it? <laughs> yeah, exactly. He's the best. No, no I got Andy to run the stats for me. Um, and and what he he catches the most amount of ball in the line out, is it? Yeah, it's just from a hooker standpoint, he's so easy to throw the ball to. Um, yeah, yeah, and okay. Not only from a scrum half yeah. point of view, if you speak to the likes of Reds or the quality of possession he delivers to the nines, and being able to play off the line out, uh, that's why he's been kind of uh, an ever present in the Irish team for the last two or three seasons. Joe like uh, put so much value on playing off line outs, um, and I just think like line out possession against New Zealand is going to be so important. But it's going to be a mix of getting the right level of athleticism in the team and making sure that you gain possession, and it's it's a tight mix for for Gatlin to to juggle. And uh, the second row is probably the most competitive area. So if, if Gatlin wants that kind of line-out surety, does he have an option of going for, you know, Peter Armani can provide something on, you know, on that line, yeah. but from a slightly different angle? Yeah, see, Peter's different in that he gives a great option, but like you're talking about line-out callers, you need two line-out callers on tour. Uh, one will be Alan Wynne-Jones and then you need one more and, and Dev's the Irish line-out caller um, you've got someone like Launchbury who can call the line-outs but isn't as experienced so it's going to be an interesting decision Dunnick Dun- 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 he'd be a line-out caller as well wouldn't he like, he'd take the calls for, for Munster as well he, I think he's definitely in the conversation and he's on top form in recent weeks yeah he's playing well what, yeah what, I agree what's your thoughts Roger? I think um, I think he is but I think I think in terms of balance in the books, I think Ireland are going to lose out in the second off spot. I don't think they're going to have any travellers. I just think they're going to um, be big discussions about them in the front row and the back row. And I think forward-wise, I don't think they're going to have um, any luck in the second row department because I think Henderson will fall into the back row, second row category. But for me, I don't think any... Uh, unfortunately, I don't think they'll pick Devon or uh, Dunnock Ryan. We'll move into the backs. Uh, Gary Ringrose and, for some, Jared Payne. There are two players who can play a couple of positions. Uh, are either of them, do they have a sniff of getting on this plane or is that just journalist talk here, Fiona? Um, th- th- of course they have a sniff. They've, uh, they've both been playing in the Six Nations, probably Gary a little bit more than uh, Jared. 
it'll really depend on what Gatlin wants in the centre there and if he's going to go with he's tried and trusted or if he's going to go with something new with Gary Ringrose uh, I think he's play- He's had a fantastic year for Leinster and Ireland so I- I'm-, I'm not sure really there I think he's going to yeah. stick with Jonathan Davies your Jonathan Josephs your Robbie Henshaws and then I think there is a space there for maybe one of them but uh, I- I'm not sure really there and Simon Zebo and Keith Earls I mean, they're they're going to be fighting over what a slot in a in a very very competitive back three. I uh, sorry back three, but if you want to take what five six players yeah. to cover those, yeah, I think Earlsy will probably just miss out, which is unfortunate for him. He's been unbelievable in the Six Nations. Uh, I think you got to get Zebes in there. The fact he can play fifteen as well, particularly if Halfmany isn't coming, uh, I think like you got to have someone to back up for Hog. I think Hog's a fantastic player, and I think he should be the starting Test fifteen. But I'd be a bit worried about his mental capacity. If he drops a couple of balls early on and uh, New Zealand getting his mm. face I think you might need someone like Zeeb to come in and do a job like Zeeb has an unbelievable level of confidence in his own ability and someone who could come in and, and change up a test match I, I had like a initially myself and Andy were having arguments about how many we're going to have in the squad I had 39 man squad and I had to cut two it was sad to see see them go but, and they were both Irish lads it was Zeeb and Jared Payne um, I, I'd love to see Payne make it there but I suppose if you have to be harsh you have to make harsh calls do you see him in the test team? No. And then if he's not there, well, then like you know, he he, he gets cut, which is he can cover multiple positions as well. But um, yeah, if you, should if you be picking anyone that you don't believe has a sniff of getting on the test team? Is that the word? Like? Yeah, well, it's weird. Like even like let's say like with like let's say you're number eight, eight or something like that. Like you're going to need someone who's going to play the midweek games because Vunapola, you're not going to like wear him out. So you have to almost pick a number eight to cover like so yeah would you have an O'Mahony who can play eight or do you just go with a Heaslip or something like that who's a solid backup and can play midweek as well Heaslip's an interesting one yeah there's a world yeah. not far away where he's not on the plane Rog yeah so no I just I think it's important to come in with Keith Earls and um, Zebo. I think a massive advantage is they've been on the tour before they are Lions so it's not new to them that would be um, prevalent in the mind of the selectors because irrespective of what people say if it's your first Lions tour everything is new to you and I think you know what I mean the gear is hugely exciting all being is very new to you but if you've been on a tour before you know exactly what it's about and then your betting in period becomes an awful lot quicker your your acceleration to, and your capacity to learn becomes an awful lot quicker and your your goals are actually far further down the line than just actually being happy to be on the tour which enhances the quality of training every day so I think uh, that would be an advantage in, in, in Earls and Zebo's case I think the fact that two of them have had um, Lions tour experience before and then if you talk about it it suits uh, Jamie Heathcliff <coughs> as well it, yeah, well he qualifies and all ends up on that front, all right. Just uh, so last couple of minutes, proper bolters, right? A proper proper bolter here would be Joey Carberry. That's not happening. It's fun to talk about. Um, Sean Cronin is the interesting one. You can't qu- you can't classify him as a bolter, but you know that impact off the bench. He could be up against Rory Best for a slot in that plane. Yeah, I'd love to see the nugget over there. Um, just the dynamism he brings off the bench uh, the dynamism he brings when he starts again it's something different uh, the type of guy that can change a game up and the type of guy we're going to need to win the tour I think he's probably going to miss out uh, I think if he played the Six Nations he would have been right there thereabouts so that injury came at a terrible time for him uh, I'd love to see him there another guy for me <coughs> who I think should be considered is Christian Wade he's been tearing up for Wasps mm. 
he's absolutely electric he'll score tries uh, he's the kind of guy that I don't think should be in the test team I don't think he's big and physical enough but in those midweek games he'll pick you up a load of tries and I, I'd have him in there those um, midweek games for me though are going to be just close enough to the test level and I, just with Christian Wade I, I'd much prefer to have a, a Zebo Earls there someone again tried and trust, tested um, I just think Christian Wade he's great going forward but how will he handle uh, defensively against New Zealand I think he just get trampled yeah, I'm not sure uh, I don't know if he'll get trampled but I just <laughs> think Azebo or Earls or someone who's been there done it before knows what to expect I think I'd much prefer to have someone someone like that in there and Raj in terms of the players who aren't currently playing Test Rugby uh, Strettle in France Ashton in England um, is there a chance one of them gets on this plane or realistically uh, is that newspaper talk? I think their games were are, um, make them worthwhile um, debates because uh, Strettle is hugely performing for Claremont and Ashton for me I think exactly what you want in a winger he scores tries in big games and his work rate is incredible and I think actually contrary to what people say he's a great squad man uh, but there obviously um, are reasons for not picking them as well because it means if you're picking fellas that you know what I mean based outside of the country they're playing and all these players kind of buy into the rules and these two Ashton is gone and he's not in favour with England so it really is kind of I suppose a double hammer blow for the, the wingers that get picked uh, or that aren't picked if these two are picked I just I just want to throw in my hipster bolter uh, and, and Kev was helping me with the pronunciation of it as well earlier on uh, Nick Abendanon um, great great kind of form for his club but you know doesn't get doesn't get the pick for England and uh yeah, Roger, you, you've probably seen seen him kind of closer than most of this season. Is he even in the conversation? I don't think so. I agree with you. I think he is a he is a, um, a really interesting player. I suppose his graph is hugely consistent. Inconsistent. He has some magic moments and then some poor moments in games. But he uh, he he is a, a good player. But I don't think. Um, I don't think any of the English, the three English fullbacks, will go on tour. Yeah, which is your Browns as well. Like he was the guy you'd like, great, great player, but almost forgotten about it. Andy wasn't yeah, even yeah. giving him a sniff. Which exactly. Is funny. <laughs> I, I just, I think Andy's gone off the players he likes the most. Who would you most like to go for a coffee with? <laughs> and that's how he's picked his squad, which is pretty interesting. That's one for a future podcast. Uh, Raj, um, thanks very much. We'll leave you back to your hard work in Perpignan, and we'll talk to you next week. Up next, we get a Welsh perspective on the Lions and an insight into perhaps where Warren Gatlin's mind is right now with Paul Williams of Rugby World. Murder, she wrote, is the perfect thing to watch during the day. You can watch the start, fall off for 40 minutes, come back, see the end, perfect. You know what I mean? You've missed nothing, really. Remember, Rod, Kev in the Kalina used to have to bring two TVs into the room, one for you for Cheltenham. <laughs> Like every red-blooded male in the country, he'd be watching the horse racing, whereas I'd have a TV for myself for things like Murder, She Wrote and Houses Under the Hammer. Murder, She Wrote is the perfect thing to watch during the day. The Hard Yards on Sports Joe, backed by Ladbrokes. We're back on the hard yards and we're going to continue our Lions squad special by getting the perspective of a man not 
wearing green tinted glasses. Uh, rugby writer with Rugby World, Paul Williams. Hello. Hi, guys. How are you doing? Uh, we're doing pretty well here, but we are conscious that there is a bias in our opinions here. There's a lot of Irish names, both in the team and on the plane. Uh, for example, Devon Toner is in Kev's uh, 23. There's, you know, these are things where I think we need to be put straight. Um, <laughs> what? How many Irish players do you see in the 15? Well, in my fifteen, I mean, it's, it's really it, one. No, no, no. I think it would be a, a big. I think. I think. If, I really accurate. I think there'd be a big contingent of Irish players. It's really difficult when picking these Lions teams between picking the team that I would pick and then picking the team that I think Warren Gatton will pick. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I said, and it, you know, and there's a big difference between those two things and what they are. And I think it's easily summed up with Stuart Hogg as fullback, right? That position to me will sum up exactly the differences in anyone else's team or Warren Gatlin. You know, Warren Gatlin is a defence-first sort of bloke. Um, and that's how he's always picked his squad, that's how he's always picked his Welsh squad. So I think with that said, you know, it, it might, anyway, my point being, I don't think he'll pick Stuart Hogg and start a full-back, is what I'm saying. Um, and I think, it, so that, you know, that will tinge the way that, uh, you know, of any sort of Irish side. But I've gone with Jack McGrath, open side, and Rory Best. So I've got two out of two there, good start. And then I, I know everyone's, there's a big um, clamour for Tags Furlong, and he's a fantastic player. I just think he'll start with Dan Cole in the, in the first test, just because he's more senior and been there and done it. Uh, and then I've got Mario Toje, Alwyn Jones at lock. And then I've put Falata, because he loves Toby Falata, okay? And even though Falata's had an, an injury ridden season, and hasn't played particularly well when he's come back, actually, with the, you know, the performances when he came off the bench for Wales. They weren't great, but he didn't look fit. He is fit now, and the last two performances for Bath have been fantastic. So I think he'll do everything possible to put Toby Fowler in the team, and even over CJ Stander. And I know that might seem Oof. insane because he's probably the you know the best. There'd be riots. You know, There'd be riots thing. in Limerick. Yeah. <laughs> but there would be, and I think CJ Stander's had a fantastic season, and I would pick CJ Stander at six. But I think he'll he'll try and put Falato in there because he'll have to have been a pole already. Yeah. So I think he'll desperately try and put um, Falato at six. And then I think Sam Warburton, you know, even though he had a sort of patchy pre-Christmas, he's been absolutely fantastic since. So I think most people would agree that he'll start at seven. And then I've gone Conor Murray and Sexton, nine ten. So I think that's another important thing that you know, particularly when people are selecting, you know, these fifteens willy-nilly online. They forget that they need to make these combinations have got to work as soon as they get off the plane. So if there are any preset, you know, combinations that Warren Gatlin can execute, he's going to do that. So if he can pick Sexton and Murray at nine ten, I think that's that's an obvious choice. I think he'll pick George North because he just likes big players. Owen Farrell, definitely a twelve. Thirteen slightly more contentious. I've gone with Jonathan Joseph. Uh, but I think there are numerous players who could play in a, a 13 for the Lions. Even Henshaw could move across. Because mm -hmm. I think, you know, there, there's, a, there's a there's a case for him playing in the 15. On one wing, then I've gone with Liam Williams um, because I don't think there are are any absolute standout contenders on there. There are there are three or four players who could play there. I've, I've just gone for Liam Williams. I think he's had a really unfortunate 12 months. I think he should have been playing fullback for Wales, and if he had, we wouldn't even be having this conversation about whether he'd be on the wing. I think he'd be. Um, I think he would be at fullback. He was fantastic against New Zealand last summer. 
Uh, and, but the Welsh coaches don't see him as a full-back, so that sort of cursed his year, really. And then I put 15 here as, as full-back, because that's what I would do. I'd have Stuart Hogg. He's been fantastic. I know his defence is patchy and his tackle completion isn't what Warren Gatlin would want, but he, you know, that guy makes three or four line breaks a game. And, you know, last season, the All Blacks, they were averaging six tries a game. So, and they played some really good opposition. You know, that's not playing the USA and Canada. So I think the Lions are going to have to be looking to score at least four tries a game. And I think Stuart Hogg allows for that, whether or not he gets selected is a different matter. So there's a couple of really interesting points there. Uh, Kevin, I'm going to go straight into the back row. Um, two elements here. So there's the Warburton question and there's the Falshay question. Warburton is predicated on one, he's a favourite, but also it's the, the kind of play. Now, we talked earlier on about you know, turnovers won't beat it, won't be New Zealand. You need something else. This is interesting because um, we were all talking about uh, Tipperick and O'Brien earlier on. Yeah, Paul, we were just discussing. I, I believe the type of player we need to beat an All Blacks test team is Tipperick, someone who can uh, be a link man, uh, someone who can yeah. get the pace up. I think Warburton will get you two or three big turnovers, but that might be enough against Australia I don't think it'll be enough against the All Blacks and just as a matter of interest would, are you saying uh, from your point of view Faletau should start or that's what you think Gats will do I think that's what Gats will do I yeah, think yeah. CJ Standard okay. deserves to start yeah um, you, you know from what I've seen it in this season I mean in every game he's been it's sort of standout man of the match stuff yeah. he carries his defence is fantastic um, and you know he's a, he's a mobile player you know he's a, he's a genuine six a proper sort of carrier Um Something that Warburton isn't really. He's, you know, yeah. he, when, even when he plays at six, so you lose that balance. But Warren Gatlin just loves boys who are really strong over the breakdown. Mm. And unless he's going to change the way he's played, which I can't see happening because he's been coaching teams like that now for well over a decade, Warren Gatlin's play is all about a big first-up ball carrier, straight over the top, win that breakdown as quickly as you can, straight on the corner. You know, Warren Gatlin isn't one for the nuances of uh, rugby. You know, he's, he's that's why Tipperick has always been a bench player, and hmm. uh, and you know, under his control, he's never started him over Sam Warburton. I don't suppose he ever will. Um, yeah, so that's an interesting thing. But it, I, 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 I absolutely no doubt that I think he'll start at seven. Yeah. There's also quite a lot of talk in Wales from I won't mention any sources getting legal <laughs> trouble, but the, the the captaincy might have swung his way. So, um, you know, with that said, that's almost, you know, you're almost, well, you are guaranteed to start, which yeah. is one of the, the unusual idiosyncrasies of picking a tour captain before you go. I always think they should just pick four tour captains and then pick the best guy who was playing that weekend. But there we are, that's how it goes. That's a good point because he shoehorned into the team then. But I just think, like, in terms of the, the turnover and ability over the ball, you got someone like Sean O'Brien who can be in the 23 and add that and add a lot more on top of it um, but yeah, like totally. like what well, Gatlin's got to decide whether he's going to pick guys he's familiar with and comfortable with or whether he's going to pick a team that's going to be able to win in New Zealand but he's also like, he's also could decide the style of play can yeah. can this can a team beat New Zealand this New Zealand team who are so dynamic playing Warren Ball I mean that's the big question here I don't think they can and I, I've never thought they could I mean you just one of my, I mean, I'm obsessed with Super Rugby, right? If you follow me on Twitter, <laughs> I, I watch it all the time, right? And the, the, the way the Kiwis are playing Super Rugby, and that is the way they're going to play Test Rugby, obviously to, not to the same degree of slinging the ball around, but the, the players they've got and the ball handling, <clears throat> I mean, you've just got to look at their locks. You just look at Sam Whitelock and Brodie Vitalik. 
the way, they carry the ball better than some Northern Hemisphere centres. But you watch the way that they play, the way that Brodie Metallic and Sam Whitlock, they, they do this lovely little one-up carry through the middle of the field, always get their arms free over the top of the tackle. I mean, I've never, I don't think I've ever seen Brodie Metallic go to ground with the ball in the last month. <laughs> always gets the offload off, always gets this little wraparound pass. And like you say, it's not going to be enough to just win turnovers and kick to the corner. They go in to score tries. They go into score tries. And Borden Barra, I mean, he's scoring tries from everywhere. He's the best 10 in the world, probably the best player. There's not a player like him in the world at the moment. I know Saxton's a magnificent 10 in that Northern Hemisphere mode. But the stuff that Borden Barra is doing is super heavy at the moment with his pace. I mean, he's not just starting tries, he's finishing his own tries, you know, sort of 30, 40 yarders. So I think whether or not Warren Gatlin's going to change, I can't see it. Personally, but are, they're not going to win it with six or seven penalties a game. That's a fact. Are, are there any kind of surprise, you know, as they're talking Wales about, like, I've heard even the likes of Jamie Roberts being mentioned or, you know, a, a, a Rob Evans or something. Is there any kind of talk about lads that Warren might go to as well that might surprise us? I think that the only, I mean, it's not a bolter because it's almost sort of going back a decade. But one player I think he'd love to take on tour, and particularly the first injury at Lucid, would be Gethin Jenkins. Uh, I mean, he's built a lot of his rugby around Gethin Jenkins over the last decade, and Gethin's been injured pretty much all season, which sounds bad, but means he's actually really fresh. Um, and I think the first injury at Loosehead, Gethin Jenkins will be um, will, will be on the plane. He's not exactly a bolter, yeah. but uh, you know, he doesn't really do surprises. Warren Gatlin, he doesn't do surprises on the pitch or off the pitch. You know, he's not the sort of selector who's going to just like take Christian Wade out of the blue. Or you know, Akeel and Giles, or one of these sort of you know one-off tour players. He's not that sort of guy, um, and that's why I don't think I don't think that the Lions will even win a test. I know that sounds a bit deflated, but I think that I think it could be a three-nil in New Zealand unless they change the way they play. If Warren Gatlin keeps that style of rugby that he's been playing with Wales for the last four seasons. There's no way in the world they're going to win. Yeah, Keelan Giles would be a pure bolter if you're not someone you mentioned earlier on before air. Yeah, I mentioned yeah. him. I've watched yeah. him a little bit with the Ospreys, and I think he's just—he's got out and out raw pace. Uh, I think, like you said, uh, Paul, if it's something that we need to score tries, I think he could definitely, uh, as a bolter, be an option. Um, I don't know whether yeah. Gatlin will make space for him on the plane uh, as something he, as someone he's looked at. I know he's um, uh, been playing really well with the Ospreys, but for me, I think he, he's going to stick to the norm in the back three with uh, the likes of George North. Um, whether you said he pick hog I'd love to see him pick hog because he can score something out of nothing and I, I think for me he has to start at 15 with his current form and we need to score tries over in New Zealand and I think he, he's the man that could do it for us right we'll, yeah. uh, we'll, we'll, wrap, we'll wrap up there but one thing I do want to leave you with is that when it comes to fringe players especially Welsh ones the tours have been planned very very nicely Wales will be playing Tonga in Auckland quite the lines are over there and then they're flying to Samoa which is just like four (laughs) hours flight away so Gatlin can call some of these guys who he knows well and say lads come on pull on a different red jersey Uh, Paul we'll let you go Um, talk to you again soon Uh, next up how you might be able to make some money out of next week's Lions squad selection announcement we'll be right back The Hard Yards on Sports Joe backed by Ladbrokes 
there's been a lot of money being thrown down on Lions betting this week. And to get an insight, we have Hayley O'Connor from Ladbrokes with us in the studio. Good morning. Good morning. How are you? I'm very well. We've had a great discussion for the last while. Um, lots of different opinions. But one thing we haven't really talked about too much is the overall captaincy. So how does um, Ladbrokes see this right now? Well, the way we see it, we've sp- suspended um, betting on this because we just think uh, Sam Warburton's a foregone conclusion. Now, that's kind of dividing opinion. Um, like, that, you know, with that news of his... his, his it is a low-grade knee injury, but the, with his keeping him out for six weeks, you know, that would open the door for captaincy for maybe the likes of, of Rory Best. And, like, that. in fact, the fact that he's rested um, will make him more attractive. And, you know, that he was... 24 when he was captain four years ago and he's even in an even better position and um, we just think he's 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 going to um, make it we're actually Alan Wynne Jones at one point was popular for the captaincy and um, some publications coming out and saying that his captaincy during the Six Nations didn't do him any favours and now it's questionable whether he's even either um, going to make the plane and we are seeing money against that really yeah yeah and um, just where there, there seems to be a real belief uh, there that he's he's not going to he's not going to be on that flight yeah that's funny because that the kev did bring that up but but back to mm. captaincy um Paul, what do you think so warburton as captain i suppose in terms of wrapping him in cotton wool for a while um it's it's not as if he's playing with the greatest of respect he's not playing on the pointy end of the European competitions this summer yeah like at risk of offending Cardiff Blues again like the, their season has been over for a long time and, and you wouldn't be surprised you know of actually him getting the nods and like listen rest yourself up the, the only thing was that he did limp out of that Ulster game last week which kind of would, would make you think there is something up with him so I'd, I'd be kind of of a mind that yeah he's been told to kind of listen get yourself right you know you're going to be played so it'll be interesting that you'll have a guy on the sidelines getting named as, as captain but this could be going back to what they said like you could just have a touring captain and, and somebody else picked for for your test teams like the likes of a um, I'm even trying to think of bankers you might start like a, a Conor Murray or an Owen Farrell or something like that but uh, or Rory Best as well who a lot of us had actually picked in, picked in our team Yeah I was running through um, captaincy options and the one thing that jumps out to me isn't even the captain it's the leadership group so yeah. looking at who the vice captains are is that how you spread out the country angle you know th- this talk about four captains I'm not buying it there's no. going to be a captain you know <laughs> yeah. I think it'll be yeah Warburton's like he's uh, he, he's personable he comes across well like he's you know he's, he, most people will agree with him like but most people might not have him in their starting test team but most people like you won't have a serious complaints if Warburton goes as, as captain like guys making a late push for the squad we talked about Sean Cronin earlier on is this someone who people are are, are seeing in, in betting land is perhaps making a late push here well I mean Luke Fitzgerald um, said that you know he could be an ideal candidate he think he said that this week um, we think he's a kind of a 10 to 1 shot um, to go 1 to 33 not to go um, but you know if if he starts uh, against Claremont and he puts in a good performance that those odds could, could change but we wouldn't be massively optimistic at the moment um, just because uh, you know there's a lot of good hookers there as options at the moment mm-hmm. and um, Chris Ashton we also talked about is in, in is this more likely or less likely than Sean Cronin uh, less likely actually less likely. Um, it was funny because I was just reading The Guardian this morning and um, they, some director of rugby had said you know he's uh, like Chris Ashton is should be a major consideration for the squad and they asked him what he thought and he said I think my missus has more chance of making yeah. the squad uh, than I do so he's a 16 to 1 shot we kind of agree with him on that 
Yeah, it, it's good copy though, isn't it? it it's <laughs> funny, isn't it? The, the, the campaigns are beginning, aren't they? Like you know, like you just see you see names cropping up, lads trying to get like make last minute pushes to get their guys in there and. Nugget, the, the campaign for Nugget is, is kind of gathering momentum, isn't it? It is. Things being led from Perpignan today. <laughs> but um, we leave it there. Uh, thank you to everyone for our line show. Uh, thank you, Kev. Thank you, Fionn. Thank you, Haley. Thank you, Raj. Thank you, Pat. And thank you to Paul Williams. Joe Harrington is the show's producer. Shane Dempsey is on sound. The podcast is available on iTunes, Podcast Republic, Stitcher and every good podcast app. Thank you for listening to The Hard Yards. I'm Andy McGeady. We'll talk to you next week. The Hard Yards. Brought to you by Ladbrokes, passionate about sport.